Awesome. Well, um, yeah, you guys can go sit down in the, uh, the front row. <laughs> That's a little empty church joke, okay? All right. <laughs> I'm allowed to say jokes, Pastor Russie said. Just kidding. My wife doesn't like it when I say jokes. Keep it serious, actually, because I'm just not good at saying jokes. But um, um, when I have to say something to you, New Life. You know, um, when you come back... And when you start filling up these, it's going to be different. And it's going to be different in so many different levels, but even the building is going to be different. There's an awesome uh, uh, renovation going on in here and stuff, and uh, what a blessing to be here. Um, I can't say that enough, and I'm so excited to, uh, to be part of this. We are excited to be part of this this, this evening. Um, uh, we are, we're, um, we're also in so many different transitions, everybody in our lives, but this morning... Uh, what, what really resonates with me, and I was really led to this to a couple of stories this morning in the, in the Word that, that really bring out for us what it is all about when we go through difficulties that are so outside of our control, when we go through difficulties that are so different than we could have ever imagined, and they're so much more, more complicated and fiery, and the, the heat is on, as they say. You know, we, we came here today, and it was... It was 31, and I don't know what it's going to be like Sunday morning, but it's been some good weather, and the heat was on. And I want to talk to you this morning from Daniel chapter 2 about some guys that found themselves in the heat. And um, um, I'm just going to, uh, I've, I've called the sermon this morning, I've called it the blazing furnace. And I want to talk to you about that this morning. What do you do when you're in the blazing furnace? What do you do when you're in a situation that is burning you up? And that might be what you're in right now. You might be in something. And, and the reason that I like to tie that so well into, I like to tie it into what we are going through right now in our ministry and what the men and women of our ministry, what, what they have gone through in their past and they've gone through a furnace and they've realized that if they have God on their side, they're going to come out and they're gonna come out stronger than before. So um, I don't know if we can get that, that PowerPoint up this morning, but I wanna read from Daniel chapter two. And, and it talks about this relationship between, um, uh, the, between Daniel, who you know about, and, um, and, and so many times, um, I just, I'm just showing you a picture right now of, of uh, some of the men in our program, um, and uh, this is a, a, a nice summer evening. They were doing some street ministry, and, um, and just, to see, just to see what happens when, when God takes them through this difficult furnace that they've been in. And God takes them to the other side, and now they want to make a difference to other people. And um, you saw the um, you saw the the video of of Kelsey, and I just want to tell you something about Kelsey, who um, who is uh, is actually graduated now from our women's program. But but um, there's such an amazing story of how how uh, God led her to. Um, to, uh, to, to, to join our SURGE program, which is basically a program for our graduates that helps them to develop um, into leaders. And, uh, and she actually lives on site with her, with her four-year-old daughter now. And um, I don't want to say the name of her daughter, but just a, an amazing little, uh, little, uh, little, little story in the middle of our bigger story that's going on in our women's ministry. And God is at work. And, and, uh, and to see that, that 
she's living there with her daughter on site and, they're, and, they're, um, and she's working in our ministry at the same time and she's balancing that. But this morning, I want to I talk to you from, from Daniel chapter 3 and I'm just going to go a couple of verses into, um, into chapter 2, back into chapter 2 in verse 46. It says that it talks about how how King Nebuchadnezzar, he was so impressed with Daniel and, and some of Daniel's disciplines in his life and some of the things that, that he was, uh, some of the self-disciplines that he was going through and, and that he put Daniel in charge of, of uh, in a high position in verse 48 it says, and he gave him many valuable gifts and he made Daniel the ruler over the province of Babylon and at Daniel's request, and this is where some names come in that we become familiar with in this story. At Daniel's request, it says the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be in charge of all the affairs of the province of Babylon. And Daniel remained in the king's court. And what happened was there was, there was, um, there was this, this opportunity that Daniel had. He was in a kingdom that was very non-Christian. And, and he was faithful and he followed God and he stuck with it. And he brought three guys with him. And their names were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Or as, like, or as my son likes to call them, Rakshak and Benny. And that's from a Veggie Tales, if you're familiar with that. And, um, and it says, it says um, in, I'm going to start reading at, da- at Daniel chapter 3, verse 19. Because what happened was, uh, the king, he decided he became kind of, he became kind of mesmerized and, and tricked and manipulated into setting up a big statue of himself. And uh, he puts it up in front of all the people. And, and, uh, and when the music starts, everybody's supposed to fall down and worship. And you know, it's funny because it's such a parallel to nowadays. Because nowadays, we live in a time where there's a lot of idols that could be formed out of people that claim to, to say that they have the answer out of this big problem that our world is in and stuff. But you know what? These three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they stood up for what was right, and they stood up for, for, um, for, for uh, God, for the real God that they were following. And it says, it says that Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in verse 19 that he became distorted with rage, and he commanded that the furnace that they were supposed to be thrown in, that it be heated seven times hotter. We know that story. That's why I'm not giving you a lot of backstory. But it says he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind them up and throw them into the blazing furnace. And in Daniel 3 verse 21, I'm continuing. It says, so they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, they fell into the roaring flames. I mean, you could say their time was up, you could say. And, and you could say, you know what, it was over. There was no hope. And it says, it says in verse 24, it says, But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement, and he exclaimed to his advisors, Didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, he shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the the flaming furnace, and he shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, as he's fighting the flames. He says, 
Servants of the Most High God, come out. Come here. And it says the three of them stepped out of the fire. And then the high officers, officials and governors and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their head was singed and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even have the smell of smoke. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angels to rescue his servants who trusted him. They defied the king's commands and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any God except their own. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb. Their houses will be burned into heaps of rubble. There is no God who can rescue like this. Can you just say that right now? Can you just say that out loud where you're watching? Just say that. Just say there is no God that can rescue like this. And then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. In order for there to be any breakthrough in your life, I want to tell you this morning, there has to be something that you need to break through if you want a breakthrough. All right, I'm going to do some word plays this morning, but the first one I want to tell you is that if you want to have a breakthrough, there will be, have to be something that you break through of. In order to have a victory over something, you're going to have to defeat something. So what is your furnace right now? Let's name a couple of things here this morning. Let's call one furnace the coronavirus, right? That's the obvious one, right? Maybe there's just something that, that about this pandemic that just has driven you absolutely to your edge. And believe me, I know what you're talking about. Even just the simple fact of, you know, being, being in the house more often, seeing the same people. You guys know what that's like. We've been fortunate to keep our doors open. I've heard there's some adult and teen challenges where there, there has been the virus they've had to shut down. But we've been blessed. We've been able to still have men and women come into our program and to have their lives changed. But there's a lot of furnaces out there, right? And right now in the middle of this pandemic, there might be a furnace of addiction that's brewing right in your house right now. There might be a, there might be a loved one that knows that there's such secret and no one knows what's going on. And so they can do whatever they want. And when people start crawling out of their homes, I, I have a feeling there might be a lot of secret things that start coming to light. Can I just tell you this morning that God walks with you in your furnace? Whatever it is. Do you think, I asked myself an interesting question as I was getting ready for this. I asked myself this. I said, Terry, do you think that they prayed to God and asked God to prevent them from having to go in the flames? Probably. Let's be honest. Do you really think they expected to stay alive? I don't know if they did or not. But they probably prayed and they said, Lord, please prevent us from having to go into this furnace. If there's any way, if God had done that, prevented them, do you think that there would have been a king that would have turned and asked the whole nation to turn to God, right? You think about some of the effects that happened because of these three obedient men. Think of the things that would have, that would have happened if God would, would have not prevented the fire for, for them in their, like if, if God would have stopped them from having to go into the fire. There would have been no chance for them to stand up for what they was right. There would have been no miracle. There would have been no decree to follow God made by the king. A lot of things would have happened 
if the easy route would have been allowed. But I want to tell you this morning that sometimes the blazing furnace is exactly what you might need to go through. I want to tell you about another story this morning in Acts chapter 16. And it's another, another form of the blazing furnace. And, and uh, it's about uh, Paul and Silas in prison. And it says in Acts 16 verse 16, I'm going to just, just very quickly go through this story. It says, they were going down to the place of prayer and they met a slave girl who had a spirit and en- enabled her to tell the future. And, and what they did was, she, you know, she started heckling them and she started going after them and stuff. And she's like, these men are servants of the Most High God. And, and she was kind of heckling them and she was mocking them. And this went on day after day, it says in verse 18, till Paul got so exasperated that he turned and he said to the demon within who I demand in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it left her. And of course, the masters of, that she had, they lost their income, so they were upset with Paul and Silas, and the whole city was in uproar because of the, these, these guys, and so, so they got arrested, and there was this mob that formed, and they ordered them stripped down and beaten with wooden rods, and after they were beaten, it says they were thrown into the prison. And this is where I want to just pick up the story. In Acts 16, verse 25, it says this. It says, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening, probably in dismay, right? And it says, suddenly, there was a massive earthquake. And the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors were wide open And he assumed that the prisoners had escaped. So he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted, stop. Don't don't kill yourself. We're all here. (laughs) Which is, you know, he's like, don't worry. You haven't lost any prisoners. And it says the jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon. And he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved. And Paul and Silas said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with them and with all who lived in this household. Even in in that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them in verse 33 and washed their wounds. He gave everyone in his household. uh, They were all baptized together. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? (laughs) The whole, the whole, jailer's family. They were all baptized and became Christians. And he brought them into his house and he set a meal before them. And his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. It's crazy. What a crazy story. But think about it. Paul and Silas were just doing the right thing. That's all they were doing. They were casting a demon out of someone and it was a fortune teller and all that kind of stuff. But they were thrown into jail and in the middle of the night, they're praying to God. They're, they're singing and they're worshiping God while they're in their chains. They're, they're in such, an, such a non-cushy situation, right? They were not at Camp Cedarwood, you know what I mean? They weren't in a, in a great situation. When you're all locked up, when you're in a situation that everything, the heat is on in every area of your life and you feel like, like you're locked up and you're locked down in your quarantine, whatever it is, what is your response? That's the question that I want to ask you this, this morning. Because, 
because, again, I'm asking the same question as I did with the other story. If they hadn't gone through this, if they hadn't gone to jail, if they hadn't been worshiping God with their response, do you think that any of the salvations would have happened that happened to the jailer and to his whole family? The chains that fell off of the other prisoners, but no one left. I love that part of the story. Nobody left. This morning, the question that I want to, this morning I want to just challenge you on just a couple of things very quickly. And the first thing that I want to tell you is three words. And I want you to just, even if you can, just in your phone or wherever, just write these three words down right now. It's a, and these three words are endurance, character, and hope. You know, in Romans chapter 5, verse 3 to 5, there's, there's some really powerful, powerful words that, that, um, that, like these three words are mentioned in this scripture. And you're in a blazing furnace right now. You're in a situation, whatever it is right now, maybe your blazing furnace is your crazy family member that is so selfish and doesn't want to make any decisions that are right and they keep making wrong decisions. Can I just tell you what it says in Romans 5? It says, we can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. Anybody in a trial or problem, put up your hand right now and put up both hands if that's you right now. For we know that they help us develop endurance. Oh, endurance. There's that word, the first word. And then it says, and endurance develops strength of character. There's our second word. And strength uh, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. You know what it says in verse 5? I absolutely love this. It says, and this hope will not lead to disappointment. Oh, can I tell you this morning? Can I tell you this morning? I'll just finish the verse, but it says, For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with this love. Oh, can I tell you that your hope, your hope in things that you can't even see right now is what's going to take you through the furnace that you're in right now. It's going to take you through the difficulty that, that you're in right now. You know, a lot of men and women that come into our programs, it's such a difficult program, right? The residential program, I'm, I'm, you may not see them on camera, but these guys are sitting here, they're like, yeah, for sure, it's not easy, you know, and stuff. And, and, and yet, I'm so proud of these guys because, because in a way, you guys are in a furnace right now. You know, you've given up all your personal rights, right? There's even a, there's even a course that you take. It's called Anger or personal, and Personal Rights and how we give up all of that, right? We give up our, our choice to, to, uh, to, to have personal rights so that we can uh, allow ourselves to be obedient to God and to the leaders that God has put into our life. But you guys go through a lot of difficulties and it's hard when other people decide what your day is going to look like every day and, and all of that kind of stuff. But you know what happens is you develop character, right? And you develop perseverance and you develop hope. And that's what we want to challenge you that are watching here this morning. You know, the, the other thing that I want to tell you this morning is that you're not alone. You know, even though we live in a world right now that seems like everyone is completely alone, I found that, that never before have I made such an effort to connect with people. And I want to encourage you to do that this morning. It is not hard for you to pick up the phone or to, to, uh, to open your text box 
and to text someone and say, how can I pray for you today? Or to let them hear your voice and to pray with them. Pray on the phone with someone. It's amazing how empowering that is for somebody. Imagine, um, um, I, I, think about, I think about your pastor and I, think, and I think about how incredibly difficult of a navigation a lot of pastors and leaders are going through right now. I'm sure your pastor is going through the same thing and I honor Pastor Rusty and the, and the way that he has led new life through this, this maze and this, this furnace that our times have, have had in the last three months. And you know what? You're not alone. You're not alone. Whatever furnace has you completely surrounded right now, remember that we, we live in a world that likes to th- make us think that we're alone. And that if we stand alone, that somehow we're more noble and we're stronger if we do that. But I want to tell you this morning, we need each other. We need each other. Let me say it clearly. This is why it's called the family of God, not the Lone Ranger Club. That's not what we're called. We're called the family of God. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable, to call somebody and say, this is driving me crazy. Homeschooling one more day with my kids. I don't know if I can do it. Or whatever it is. It's okay to reach out. You're not alone. Don't be the tough guy, we would say. There's a pretty good chance that you might be watching this morning and that resonates with you because you have felt alone. You know what? The third thing that I just have to tell you this morning is that the test that you're going through, it's going to bring a testimony. It's going to bring a testimony. Just like, just like the testimony of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and how they, they made it through staying strong with what they believed and they ended up leaving a testimony that changed the nation. Think about that. Think about that. Their obedience to do something absolutely impossible, it changed the nation. It became a testimony. The three men thrown in the furnace. How about the the chains that Paul and Silas were in? The test that they were put in and their response to their test by praising God and trusting in God. And the whole family of the jail guard getting saved and being baptized. How many of your circumstances right now are preparing you for a huge testimony, David? How many of your circumstances are preparing you for your testimony right now? The last thing I want to tell you this morning is is so important. The furnace will refine your life. You notice that's something that I didn't point out before, but I want to close with this this morning, and we're actually going to just bring back a song that we were singing before, Sea of Victory. And, and I just want to point out something that I noticed before in verse 25 from the story that we read. It says, King Nebuchadnezzar, he said, look, I see four men unbound. I never noticed that word before because I was thinking about the four men that were walking around in the fire unharmed. And it says, and the fourth looks like a god. But I never noticed the word unbound. They had bound them up. They had bound them up. But not a single hair of them was burned. The only thing that was burned 
was the ropes that were burned off of their hands. Now, I'm not trying to get into a controversial, I don't know exactly what happened to the ropes, but it says they were unbound. Just think about that this morning. If you're walking through something right now, you're in a situation that, that you're not sure how you're going to get to the other side. All you know is that you're trying to do the right thing, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but you have no idea how it's going to turn out. Can I just tell you right now that many times you're going to go through a furnace of some sort and when you come out to the other side, you're going to realize some of the things that were binding you up before, they're not there anymore because God has used that obedience to free you of something. You know, it's amazing. I'm standing here with these guys, like these, these awesome heroes of mine. Thank you guys for your courage, by the way. If you have a moment, give them a hand at home right now for your courage. But I, I often find an amazing thing that happens because you guys, all you want is you want to get out of that fire that you're in. Maybe that fire is called crystal meth. Maybe that fire is called pride. Maybe that fire is called pornography. Maybe right now you're walking through something at home right now where, where alcohol has secretly taken over. I heard, I heard a very dangerous stat the other day that alcohol sales in the last three months have gone up 40%. We're not seeing any of that right now, but imagine, I imagine we probably will. If that's you right now, if there's like a furnace that you're walking through, and you're trying your best to keep your eyes on Jesus, can I encourage you to keep doing that? Can I encourage you to keep walking in that? To not be afraid. Don't be afraid to stand up for what's right. Even in a world of social media where, where everybody wants to, you know, even, even Christians, I hate to say it, they want to just, all they want to focus on is how there's a conspiracy against them. You know that God is for us. We don't have to focus on conspiracies. We don't have to focus on anything but Jesus. We don't have to focus on any of that. First Peter 1 verse 7, it says this. As we close, it says this. It says, these trials will show you that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold... So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will produce and it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. We know the, we know the analogy very well about how when, when, a, when a refiner, when a person who, who purifies gold, when he wants to make it even more pure, maybe it's 97% and he wants to bring it to 999 or whatever, he will take and he will put it through the fire once again and the impurities start to separate because gold does not, in, in the fire, gold doesn't work together or mix well with other things. This morning, I want to remind you that whatever you're going through is going to refine you. That's a promise. And the impurities are going to come out and watch what God is going to do. Watch the season that is coming now. Seriously, you know, you know, I, I'm sure that, I'm sure that a lot of us were were thinking and reading devotions at the beginning of this year about having 2020 vision, right? We were talking about 2020 and stuff. But can I tell you that I think we're going to go out of this year and we're going to say that hindsight is 2020. 
because we realize how much of the things we were depending on and we weren't depending on God enough. Oh, let me not, let me not mistake any of this as a cliche right now. But Jesus Christ purifies us and he cleanses us. And I'm standing here with men who have seen and they have tasted that God is in control and that Jesus changes lives.